0: This is chapter seven of the American Claimant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The American Claimant by Mark Twain, chapter seven. Arrived in his room, Lord Berkeley made preparations for that first and last and all the time duty of the visiting Englishman, the jotting down in his diary of his impressions to date. His preparations consisted in ransacking his box for a pen. There was a plenty of steel pens on his table with the ink-bottle, but he was English. The English people manufacture steel pens for nineteen-twentieths of the globe, but they never use any themselves. They use exclusively the prehistoric quill. My lord not only found a quill-pen, but the best one he had seen in several years, and after writing diligently for some time, closed with the following entry but in one thing i have made an immense mistake i ought to have sunk my title and changed my name before i started he sat admiring that pen awhile and then went on all attempts to mingle with the common people and become permanently one of them are going to fail unless i can get rid of it disappear from it And reappear with the solid protection of a new name. I am astonished and pained to see how eager the most of these Americans are to get acquainted with a lord, and how diligent they are in pushing attentions upon him. They lack English servility, it is true, but they could acquire it with practice. My quality travels ahead of me in the most mysterious way." i write my family name without additions on the register of this hotel and imagine that i am going to pass for an obscure and unknown wanderer but the clerk promptly calls out front show his lordship to four eighty two and before i can get to the lift there is a reporter trying to interview me as they call it this sort of thing shall cease at once i will hunt up the american claimant the first thing in the morning accomplish my mission then change my lodging and vanish from scrutiny under a fictitious name." He left his diary on the table, where it would be handy in case any new impressions should wake him up in the night. Then he went to bed and presently fell asleep. An hour or two passed, and then he came slowly to consciousness with a confusion of mysterious and augmenting sounds hammering at the gates of his brain for admission. The next moment he was sharply awake and those sounds burst with the rush and roar and boom of an undammed freshet into his ears. Banging and slamming of shutters, smashing of windows, and the ringing clash of falling glass, clatter of flying feet along the halls, shrieks, supplications, dumb moanings of despair within, hoarse shouts of command outside, cracklings and snappings, and the windy roar of victorious flames bang 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 on the door and a cry turn out the house is on fire the cry passed on and the banging lord berkeley sprang out of bed and moved with all possible speed toward the clothes-press in the darkness and the gathering smoke but fell over a chair and lost his bearings he groped desperately about on his hands and presently struck his head against the table and was deeply grateful for it gave him his bearings again since it stood close by the door He seized his most precious possession, his journaled impressions of America, and darted from the room. He ran down the deserted hall toward the red lamp which he knew indicated the place of a fire-escape. The door of the room beside it was open, in the room the gas was burning full head, on a chair was a pile of clothing. He ran to the window, could not get it up, but smashed it with a chair, and stepped out on the landing of the fire-escape below him was a crowd of men with a sprinkling of women and youth massed in a ruddy light must he go down in his spectral nightdress? no this side of the house was not yet on fire except at the farther end he would snatch on those clothes which he did they fitted well enough though a trifle loosely and they were just a shade loud as to pattern also as to hat which was of a new breed to him buffalo bill not having been to england yet one side of the coat went on but the other side refused one of its sleeves was turned up and stitched to the shoulder he started down without waiting to get it loose made the trip successfully and was promptly hustled outside the limit rope by the police the cowboy hat and the coat but half on made him too much of a center of attraction for comfort although nothing could be more profoundly respectful, not to say deferential, than was the manner of the crowd toward him. In his mind he framed a discouraged remark for early entry in his diary, It is of no use. They know a lord through any disguise, and show awe of him, even something very like fear indeed. Presently one of the gaping and adoring half-circle of boys ventured a timid question. My lord answered it. The boys glanced wonderingly at each other, and from somewhere fell the comment, "'English cowboy! Well, if that ain't curious!' Another mental note to be preserved for the diary, "'Cowboy! Now, what might a cowboy be? Perhaps—' But the viscount perceived that some more questions were about to be asked, so he worked his way out of the crowd, released the sleeve, put on the coat, and wandered away to seek a humble and obscure lodging he found it and went to bed and was soon asleep in the morning he examined his clothes they were rather assertive it seemed to him but they were new and clean at any rate there was considerable property in the pockets item five one hundred dollar bills item near fifty dollars in small bills and silver plug of tobacco hymn-book which refuses to open found to contain whiskey; memorandum-book bearing no name scattering entries in it recording in a sprawling ignorant hand appointments bets horse trades and so on with people of strange hyphenated name six-fingered jake young man afraid of his shadow and the like no letters no documents the young man muses maps out his course his letter of credit is burned He will borrow the small bills and the silver in these pockets, apply part of it to advertising for the owner, and use the rest for sustenance while he seeks work. He sends out for the morning paper next, and proceeds to read about the fire. The biggest line in the display head announces his own death. The body of the account furnishes all the particulars, and tells how, with the inherited heroism of his caste, he went on saving women and children until escape for himself was impossible then with the eyes of weeping multitudes upon him he stood with folded arms and sternly awaited the approach of the devouring fiend and so standing amid a tossing sea of flame and onrushing billows of smoke the noble young heir of the great house of rossmore was caught up in a whirlwind of fiery glory and disappeared forever from the vision of men. The thing was so fine and generous and nightly that it brought the moisture to his eyes. Presently he said to himself, "'What to do is as plain as day now. My Lord Berkeley is dead. Let him stay so. Died creditably, too. <laughs> that will make the calamity the easier for my father. And I don't have to report to the American claimant now. Yes nothing could be better than the way matters have turned out i have only to furnish myself with a new name and take my new start in life totally untrammelled now i breathe my first breath of real freedom and how fresh and breezy and inspiring it is at last i am a man a man on equal terms with my neighbour and by my manhood and by it alone i shall rise and be seen of the world or i shall sink from sight and deserve it This is the gladdest day, and the proudest, that ever poured its sun upon my head. End of chapter 7